It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right. It is time for the Gut Check Project here with your host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. I'm Eric Rieger. This is episode number five. Episode number five. This is our big one because now we have enough episodes that we can be found on uh, or we're going to submit to iTunes and the other uh, platforms. It's where everybody has to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. And I think that we've had a pretty good start. We've had some pretty incredible guests. That is no joke. I mean, the feedback, fortunately, and thanks to everyone who's been watching and listening and sharing. Sharing obviously helps us spread the platform, but uh, certainly appreciate it. Also, big shout out to the other Spoonie host, Chef Patrick, uh, the Cowboy Chuck Wagon. I mean, everybody else who's been kicking in for helping spread the word, even the uh, partners uh, in our sister station across the road. Uh, Mojo. Mojo 5.0. Mojo 5.0. Absolutely. We've got to show some love. This is exciting. Everybody's trying to get this station, this digital station off the ground. Chef Patrick is, he is living it. And, uh, you know, today in the booth, being our producer again, this guy works all the time. Every day is a vacation, brother. Every day is a vacation. Every day can be a vacation if you can improve your quality of life. And that's what this whole show is all about. Wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. And I'm so excited about this show. We got somebody really cool, a great speaker, a scientist, uh, James Carroll of Thor Laser, something that I know nothing about. Something that I bet most people know nothing about. But I know how that feels. When we started uh, looking into bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, when nobody else was talking about it, people would look at me and they were confused. This is why this show, Gut Check Radio, check your ego at the door, anything's on the table to learn, and we're all going to learn together. That's is, This is what's so exciting about today's show. Man, there's no joke. So uh, for for everyone else who's who's joining today, uh, number one, thank you. Number two, uh, James Carroll's completely different. This is someone who's going to introduce something that uh, really, to me, it was introduced to me by my, by my wife. She was the one who said, have you ever heard of photobiomodulation? And I looked at her and I said, no, I haven't. But Really because of the mindset of what we've been doing at KBMD Health, what we've done even before at KBS Research with Atron Teal, on and on, we've always wanted to remain open. If you have something new, show me how it works. Tell me a little bit about it. And as I began to learn a lot more about photobiomodulation and Thor Laser, it was more than impressive. It, it kind of just captivated me. Yeah, those of us in the industry, Eric, call it PBM. So we'll just do that. Yeah. So when you brought it up to me, we were actually working and you're like, yeah, hey, my wife's got this new um, photobiomodulation laser at her health clinic. Correct. And, uh, and he's like, I don't know what that is. And we started looking. We had a little break in patients. And I went, holy cow, there is some serious data on this. It's, and it's, it's, it's deep. It's not just something new. They've no. been at it a while. Yeah. And it's one of those things I, I'm like, Wait a minute. If this is true, let's find the guy who owns this company. And you did. And yeah. thank goodness he he travels all the time. This is insane. So his time is very valuable. So this is going to be an incredible episode. Just so you know, we are in episode five and we have an international guest. 
James Carroll hails from London. That's right. I was just talking to him. He spends 10 days in the UK where his home is, 10 days in the United States, and then 10 days traveling the world. That is a tough life. He works as hard as Chef Patrick. I was impressed how well he speaks English, being from out of the country. <laughs> you know, kind of wild, kind of wild. I'm, uh, you know what I'm really looking forward to? What's that? That British sense of humor. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like us here in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of guests, I, I do want to bring this up. Um, when I went to clinic and people that heard our show with Mark, uh, I got week, so yeah. much feedback. Um, patients that have overcome cancer. Patients that love the idea that he overcame cancer and then gave back. That story was pretty incredible. And I, I want to thank everybody for listening. And if you didn't listen to it, go back and check it out because it is a story of accomplishment, a story of survival. And he did a great job telling it. He really did do a good job telling it. On top of that, we received, uh, well, several email, not just in terms of, you know, thanks for having Mark on, but we got, uh, and I shared a couple with him, uh, with those with you yesterday. And it was, uh, I've overcome cancer and I'm trying to find new things to do to give back. Uh, I'm suffering from cancer currently and hearing someone like Mark gave me hope. Um, uh, we had some others who just were simply, how do I get involved with Raquel's wings for life? Which is exactly what Mark's charity is. And, and they, they take people, uh, just to recap, they take people from one end of Texas and give them opportunities to have safe travel to a large cancer treatment facility such as MD Anderson or up in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, for free, for free, no charge to the cus- to the uh, customer, to the patient whatsoever and and deliver them safely so they can get treatment and, and uh, return home. And I think one of the coolest things about that is that we did talk about the fact that the the pilot is a cancer survivor. So the people that he's taking are terrified. Yeah. They have questions, and he could tell them the story. Hang in there. We're going to try and do this. And sometimes he would drop people off, and he wouldn't bring them back. And that happens. I'm a doctor. We see things happen all the time. But the right frame of mind, the willingness to keep going, sometimes you can overcome. Without question. And he does know that he can. The great thing about Mark is he's he's uh, not only working on, he's soon to become a, a well-known public speaker. Uh that being said, he's he's got the anecdotal stories, too, that make him feel comfortable, like uh, squeaky butt cheeks. And if you missed it, go back to gutcheckradio.com. You'll be directed to the direct RSS feed on our page. We're improving all the time, but right now you can go back to the episode where Mark was and listen to it. Or you can check out the YouTube channel, uh, Spoonie Radio or Gut Check Project will take you exclusively to Gut Check Project uh, episodes. Awesome. Speaking of improving all the time, we always like to start the show with something personal. We do. So last week, I think I, you know, uh, I brought up my my children. My son Lucas was playing in a large tournament called the Easter Bowl. It's a national tournament, and right after the show, it was broadcast live, and we were able to watch it as a group. And it was really cool to watch my son there. He ended up getting second in singles. Um, very impressive, big tournament. And actually got gold in doubles. So we're you know really proud of him for that. And then he went immediately there and he's been playing in this ITF. Now, why is that relevant? Because I'm a single dad this whole time. <laughs> Holy cow, it's hard. All props to any single parent out there that tries to work and still manage to pick up the kids, get them to their things. It is kicking my ass. Oh my gosh, it's hard. Yeah. Trying to work and be there at the right time and everything. And uh, so props to everyone that's out there as a single parent or even temporary if your children are off and doing stuff. But it is, I have a whole new respect for that. 
whole new respect. I know that whenever I travel and I do it without uh, without Marie and I come back home, the first thing you should do is make certain that they get an opportunity to relax because they've been hard at it making your travel possible. And, uh, well, if you just want peace in the household, it just makes sense to do. Yeah. <laughs> now, the, the one advantage of that is that we do get to spend a little time. And last week we did talk about Lucas playing tennis and also Carla doing in her theater class the improv rules, right. the rules of improv. So last night we're having dinner and we were talking about that. And I was like, hey, any other improv rules that I need to know about? And uh, she said, well, there's, I think it's rule number eight. There are no mistakes. Happy accidents and opportunities. I'm like, oh, Bob Ross. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Little happy little trees. Happy little trees. So happy accidents. So that's what this show is going to be about. We never screw up. We just have happy accidents or opportunities. Opportunities. And then one of the opportunities um, that I've never done with my daughter which is I watched a college basketball game for the first time with her. I'm not much of a basketball fan. Sure. But let me tell you what, there's a team locally, Texas Tech, I think. I yeah. think you got some ties to it. I've heard of it. You got me watching it now. Absolutely. And, of course, you're going to get inoculated in watching college ball. That's uh, that's the team to watch right now. Uh, they're heading into the Final Four this coming week, and uh, my family's pumped. Uh, both of my boys play competitive basketball in high school. Uh, Gage and Mack are both uh, super excited, and uh, they match up uh, hopefully well with Michigan State first. And if they win that, then our friend from last week is going to take us to the final game, and that'll be fun. Mark's going to fly you to the final game? Mark said he would take us to the final game. If that is not incentive to have Texas Tech win right there. Come on, Coach Beard. You can do it. You can make it happen. That that is awesome. That is going to be so cool. The whole family's going to go. Whole family's going to go. So uh, it'll be really enjoyable. But regardless of of, uh, of how they play, super proud. Uh, what an incredible coach pulling together some great kids uh, to accomplish what they did. First Final Four for the school, so they're really excited. And the other three teams in the tournament are are pretty solid, also. So as somebody that d- doesn't follow basketball that much, but you were talking about this, the really unique thing that the announcers always talk about is their defense. Just right. explain really quickly why their defense is doing so well. Well, a lot of times, I believe, the way I understand it is uh, basketball teams in college, they just simply play better defense than they do in the NBA. But even more to the point, the way that I think that uh, Coach Beard and his assistant Mark mm-hmm. Adams have designed the defense is they really, really force outside shots that protect the middle. If I think that you've made the comment. I saw every time, Eric, that as they moved into the center, suddenly they everyone collapsed around them. Not only could they not make their way to to the glass to for an easy layup, it's very difficult for them to distribute the ball once they get trapped in there. So, yeah, someone may be really good at firing from outside, and you know that's kind of the risk that you take by not guarding the perimeter really, really tight. But you come inside the three-point arch, and the further you make your way towards the rim – there's going to be more than one defender kind of blocking your path. So it's uh, it's kind of a kind of a chokeout defense that they've kind of perfected. It's just super exciting. I was just reading something about how um the ticket sales uh-huh. going for this yeah. are just massive. Like Texas is going in mass up there. <laughs> well, you, some people may already know and some people may not know at all. For as large as a state as Texas is, there hasn't ever been a national champion from Texas except for Texas Western, now known as uh UTEP, and that was uh, what the movie Glory Road was made about. It was the first team to field five black starters, and they took on Kentucky and beat them. And uh, so that's that was How, when when was that? Nineteen six. I'm gonna mess up the year. I think it's 1963, 64, maybe 68. I'm not really sure. I know it's Coach Don Haskins, and I'm off on the year, but it was definitely in the 60s. 
Yeah, you got a minor in basketball history, didn't you, at Texas Tech? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. That and just really other random useless information that makes me no money. So, Well, the last couple of shows, we, we somehow ended up doing movie quotes. There's no way I can quote anything from that movie. So, <laughs> I think yeah, we should you, just leave it right there. You could have stopped and said, shoot it! And that would have filled in the blank right there. My extent of uh, basketball movies is Hoosiers. So That's pretty good. And Gene yeah, Hackman's pretty solid. It's, it's, a, good it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's feel good. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's fun. So speaking of feel good, what we also like to do is I always try and find some article, medical article that we can summarize here that happened this week that would be pertinent to something that we're going to be doing. Sure. And this week, I found a really cool article. Is this the one that is about uh, muscle and intestinal damage in uh, those who perform athletic events? 100%. So you and I have talked about this, and we have uh, discussed this in different lectures, that I see a ton of endurance athletes, triathletes, really high-level triathletes that come in with intestinal issues. And I have to explain to them different reasons why that can actually happen, but I just see so many of them. And then when we fix their gut, they end up getting like some of their personal bests. Right. And this article came out, and it's the first one that I've ever seen that actually looked at biomarkers and blood as to how this could actually happen. So what this paper actually looks uh, looked at is the levels of how blood levels of inflammation and intestinal inflammation are produced and the effects on the body when these elite triathletes compete. Really interesting. No, it is. So whenever you're looking at blood effects and, and uh, the way that an athlete is going to be measured, how do they check the intervals? And basically, what did that data mean to, to just the average athlete? So I do not want to offend any of our elite triathletes out there, um, but this is, this is fascinating because we always talk about hormesis, which is when you stress your body, you have to allow your body to recuperate. Correct. Most of the patients that I see when they have something happen, they're usually training really hard for something. They're trying to qualify for a big race. They're trying to qualify for Kona or one of those things. And I've recently seen, and I think this has been a trend across the country, that a lot of people are starting to do these endurance races, triathletes, marathons. They reach a certain age and that, you know, people want to stay in shape and that's a way to stay in shape. So what this article looked at was the mechanical and metabolic stress from the intense work of muscle cells during long lasting efforts, causing significant damage to the cellular structure. Why this is relevant this week? Because James Carroll is going to come on and talk cellular inflammation. Without a doubt. Um, he definitely will with the uh, photobiomodulation, but let me, let me ask you a little bit, uh, so we're talking specifically about endurance athletes in this article, correct? Correct. And so to me, it seems like that maybe the another glaring aspect is somebody who's, do, who's doing an endurance sport, whether it be marathon running or triathlete, like you said, long distance cycling, ultra marathoners, the guys uh, who tried to, to make a run across the country, uh, which I think the, the record is 43 days, believe it or not. Was that Forrest Gump? Almost. But huh. but without a beard, this this particular one was without a beard. Uh, but I believe that the the record is forty three days. All of those types of events are very impressive, and it takes quite the dedication to pull that off. That being said, would you say that an endurance athlete is more susceptible to probably long term inflammation, and that's maybe why they're using someone in that subset to do a study on? That is a great lead in because this is exactly what that study's all about. Okay. What they looked at is during long-lasting physical efforts, 
from my standpoint, blood flow is redirected from the GI system to go to other organs, specifically muscles. Now, research has shown that athletes training endurance disciplines are vulnerable to abdominal pain, nausea, and diarrhea. In fact, they showed that almost 70% of people when they interviewed during the race or immediately afterwards had some sort of GI distress. What is fascinating about this article is they checked the blood levels of a, of a, um, a molecule called zonulin, which is an endogenous protein that actually affects the tight junctions. Huh. In other words, they're showing that intestinal permeability takes place, otherwise known as leaky gut. This is the first study I've ever seen where they're actually looking at this and checking zonulin levels. And like I said, almost 70% of these endurance athletes will actually have some sort of issue. It's not just, oh, it's annoying, I didn't have such a good time. You could be setting yourself up for something more. So what they did is they looked at 15 very highly trained triathletes who were competing in the World Xterra Championship. They checked blood parameters, baseline, pre, after, 12 hours and 48 hours after, testosterone, cortisol, CRP, which is C-reactive protein, which is a nonspecific inflammatory marker, sure. zonulin, and myoglobin. This is what is completely incredible. What they showed is that the cortisol level at baseline on the average was 152. Immediately after, like one hour after, right, 467, and it remained elevated for 48 hours. Testosterone, baseline 4.1, uh-huh. it dropped to 2.5. So you're depleting your testosterone. You deplete your testosterone. Okay. CRP went from 0.1 to 3.38. That's too high. Too high. That's tons of inflammation. And ultimately, zonulin, baseline 25, post, almost 90. And so what this showed is this is incredible because we, we're out there trying to get in shape and you want to do these cool things and really push your body. But in reality, if you do it all the time, you have to achieve that hormesis. You have to back off, let your body recuperate. Now, other studies have shown that the physiologic stress markers like cortisol um, have always been shown. So we, we know that that's, that's the deal. You and I have talked before that not uncommonly we'll see somebody in the clinic who's been a lifetime marathon runner and they end up with a heart attack yeah you're like how in the world is that person having a heart attack sure well as it turns out inflammation is bad and we're going to talk with the photobiomodulation about inflammation but we know that inflammation is bad and we know that inflammation um, can result in systemic disease now what we're looking at here is this study was the first one that looked at people showing the intestinal health we know that leaky gut can lead to autoimmune disease right so it's way more than just inflammatory process you were talking about these ultra marathoners. There was another study that I know, so all of a sudden I started getting into the weeds with this. And I'm like, wow, have they looked at this with other people? Sure. So I found a study that looked at race walkers. What they do is they do a 152 mile walk as fast as you can. Okay. And 152 mile walk, they showed that their CRP jumped 152 times, that it jumped 152 times their baseline. So we talk about these marathoners getting heart attacks and stuff like that. Yeah. This is even just like fast walking. So we know that all of this can lead to intestinal problems. So this is a perfect reason why we develop something called Atrontil. Definitely. It definitely is. So Atrontil is composed of polyphenols. What we do know is that these polyphenols help repair your body after you go through something really serious like that. A recent study just showed that if you do the Mediterranean diet for four days before a high, uh, b- before an endurance event, you can blunt those responses actually because 
the polyphenols, same ones in Atrantil, actually go into your body, your colonic bacteria break them down into what are called postbiotics, and it decreases the systemic inflammatory response. Not only that, for sports performance, it increases nitric oxide and gets rid of reactive nitrogen species and reactive oxygen species. So that makes total sense why most of my triathletes, when we get them on Atrantil, they start feeling better. Well, that. I don't want to cram too much together, but you know, with Atrantil, uh, we've also talked about the, the uh, occasional issues of zonulin and how that's affected the gut as well. So it sounds to me like somebody who is a long-term runner, if you actually are experiencing inflammation, okay, let's let's go back let's back up just a step. Somebody who is a long-term runner, uh, over time they've they've they started running probably to get in shape or because they enjoy the sport, but they sometimes get to a point where they're like, you know, I've been running and I eat okay, but I still can't quite lose this last amount of body fat. They usually point at their abdomen there's a little bit saved there, but inflammation usually turns into a little bit of extra abdominal fat. And when somebody who is chronically inflamed and feels like they're doing the right things and eating the right things, but not noticing that they are actually keeping themselves in a cycle of inflammation, it's not necessarily that maybe they need to stop the sport altogether, but possibly they could add some things to their diet, to their sleep patterns, to anything to allow their body to simply recover. Wouldn't you say? Oh, 100%. So one of um, somebody that I respect tremendously, who is actually my chiropractor, Dr. Ron Tribendis, uh-huh. elite triathlete, trains other pro triathletes. And he has a podcast, and I think their Instagram handle is Recover With A Purpose. Recover With A Purpose. He's not out there saying run more. And so when I went and I saw him, you know, his recommendation to me was slow down, right. take a break. Yep. It's like you're, you're, you know, and that's, it's hard to do because I was doing the same thing where I'm like, I'm trying to run faster. I want to, I'd like to compete someday and that kind of thing. And it was just slow down. So as it turns out, you think you might be doing things or I believe in exercise, but I also have learned as I've gotten older that you cannot shortchange sleep never to exercise because all you're doing is increasing these inflammatory markers and these hormones. And it's like, you're, it's like, you're, you know, you're basically running uphill the whole time. And you're just hurting yourself. Well, just a uh, side note for the current listeners. If you are interested in picking up some Atron Teal, and especially for you ultra marathoners, if you want to decrease your inflammation, and hopefully you could write to us and tell us about your new PR, personal best, go to lovemytummy.com forward slash Spoonie. Use the discount code Spoonie and save yourself a little bit of money. Yeah, for real. So this this whole article was all about sports performance. And when I said that they looked at the Mediterranean diet, it wasn't just that they decreased the markers. Do you know that these people actually improved their times? All of them had across the board a 6% improvement. Well, what's the same? What's the thing that's in the Mediterranean diet that you have said is is basically the, the power horse behind uh, Atron Teal? Yeah, so if you're listening to this, it's really important that we spread the message that uh, if you're an athlete, do this, but... Also, by going to lovemytummy.com forward slash Spoonie, you're supporting this network. You're supporting Chef Patrick and uh, everybody else that's trying really hard to do this. And, you know, this is we're just trying to get the message out there. Like we're going to talk about PBM. Definitely going to talk about PBM. That is photo bio modulation. Actually, what I was asking you for a while ago, I was going to tell you, remember how we said mistakes make opportunities? I get to say something. The thing that's ubiquitous in the Mediterranean diet is polyphenols, and that's what's jam-packed in 
Atron Teal. So I give a lecture where there's a researcher out of the UK, huh. another UK person. Probably uh, James's neighbor. Yeah, it probably is. So James's neighbor, Dr. Boatwell. Oh, yeah. She did a whole um, analysis of this, that if you take 1,000 milligrams of polyphenols three hours before a competitive event, yep. you actually decrease muscular damage and increase nitric oxide, increasing blood flow to the muscles. How do you get 1,000 milligrams? You can eat five bowls of cherries. Which is a lot. A lot of fructose. A lot of fructose. Or you can take two doses of Atrantil. Definitely. And I met uh, Dr. Joe Botel, and uh, she's uh, from Exeter University and was sponsored by, uh, I believe it was Gatorade Labs. And that has nothing to do with Gatorade. They simply allowed her to do polyphenol research. She came back with some incredible uh, information at long word proanthocyanidins. Am I saying that correctly? Proanthocyanidins. So yep. that is basically what she said if we could find a way to deliver that. And that just so happens to be what Atrantil is. So you could take four capsules of proanthocyanidins, uh, also known as Atrantil, and protect yourself. I love it. Holy cow. We just I just rambled mostly. I apologize for that. But I get geeky, man. Thanks for apologizing. We were all really kind of <laughs> ticked. I love this stuff. It's good times. Hey, everybody, we're going to be back in the next half hour with an amazing guest all the way from the UK, Dr. James Carroll of Thor Laser. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. It looks like you're losing. I am. Are I'm, you losing weight? I am losing. I've lost about 10 pounds. How are you doing it? It's a funny name, but I've done it with Riduzone. RADUZone.com and the stuff works. It's, you know, you get into all that, the molecule, this and the found in that. All I can tell you is it, it's a, it makes you feel full and it keeps your mind off of wanting to overeat. And also boosts your metabolism yes, so you're it burning does. more. Yeah, it Try does. it today. It's going to work for you like it's worked for Brad and countless other people. RIDUZone.com. RIDUZone.com. Fast Track Student Loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395. All right. We are now joined here at the Gut Check Project with your host, Kenneth Brown, MD, along with James Carroll, who drove all the way from London, which we didn't know you could do. No, that's right. 
had a titty titty bang bang. Right? Where's your uh, microphone here? The cool thing oh, in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. No, yeah. Is it working? Uh, you tell me. Wait. Uh oh. So we are going to fill some time here while we plug in the microphone and make. Well, it while work. we were there on break, I did. While we're getting your microphone ready, I found an article. Same theme. Photobiomodulation in human muscle tissue and advantage in sports performance. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Atrantil and photobiomodulation hand in hand to improve athletic performance. <laughs> well, so uh, just a small delay while we bring uh, James Carroll on with us. Just a moment. We are getting his microphone plugged in. But in the meantime, we did leave the last half hour talking about endurance athletes, better recovery talked about using polyphenols in order to make that happen. And now what we are learning is you can also use other therapies in conjunction with that. That would be polyphenols, such as an Autron Teal. We didn't touch on it last time, but there's also a lot of athletes who've turned to CBD and uh, great CBD oils to do the same. What we're going to learn today, I believe... Where can you get CBD, by the way? Oh, there's a little place called uh, KBMD Health. You can also go to kbmdhealth.com and uh, go to the store and you will find your very own... First ever physician approved CBD here. And what do you know? To my right actually is Mr. James Carroll of Thor Laser. Like I said, we get he only spends 10 days in the U.S. Yeah. per month. He's given one of them to us. Yeah. Definitely appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Well, thank you for having me. So back to what I asked. You said that you drove all the way from London. Is that correct? Yeah, chitty chitty bang bang. You know, it can fly, it can float, <laughs> it can drive. <laughs> well, it didn't take long to get that British sense of humor. Nope, out there. nope. It's out. Chitty chitty bang bang. It, took, it only took us three seconds. You for don't it to have happen. them here. Oh uh, no. Well, <laughs> not like you do. It doesn't get referenced quite that quickly. Oh, they're asking for your microphone to be closer, just a little bit closer to Part, my. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Bit, there okay. we go. Nice. Well, uh, so James, tell us a little bit about your history. Dr. Carroll, Mr. Carroll, what's the correct? I'm Mr. Carroll. Mr. Carroll. Okay, yes. so. Well, you, I'm James. James. So, James, you are the founder and CEO mm-hmm. of Thor Laser. So, tell us a little bit about your history leading up to the, uh, the founding of Thor Laser, and then we'll get into uh, what it's all about. Uh, okay, can I turn that around and tell you what it is first, and then to tell you how I got there? You can do it however you want. Okay. Uh, so uh, photobiomodulation mm-hmm. is something that's been on TV, and particularly Star Trek, and but most science fiction movies seem to do something like this. Okay. Uh, when uh, when somebody gets injured, a doctor approaches you with a laser beam, aims the laser beam at the injury, and the injury heals, and the tissues regenerate instantly. So we make those. So Star Trek just came to life right here in the studio. So did you produce... You made those that they used on the Star Trek set, is what you're saying? No, we make, them, we make them for hospitals. Oh. So. But it's not as instant as on TV. So uh, we, the idea is it's still the same thing. You shine light on people, and they get better more quickly. Okay. Shine light, and by light, you, you mean... Uh, well, it's a particular kind of light. Okay, yes. so not so, any light, not a flashlight. No, so it's monochromatic light, meaning light of one color. Okay. And if you have light of the right color, as we're going to say, wavelength, because we do use light outside of the visible spectrum. So if we have light at the right wavelength, and if it is at the right intensity, and if we use it for, yeah, aim, it, aim it in the right place, of course, for the right amount of time, then you can speed up the uh, quality, or you can improve speed and quality of tissue repair. And okay. You can reduce inflammation. Edema goes down, the lymphatic system gets very busy when you put this on. And with a particular high dose, you can induce analgesia. 
That is something we're going to definitely going to touch on here in a moment because I want to talk. Well, you had a story that you've shared with everyone else, and we'll get to that. So, what what drew you in to say, I saw that on Star Trek. I see people healing from lasers. I want to be a part of it and produce one. Well, for I got to tell you how this was discovered because it wasn't discovered by me. Okay. So, uh, back in the sixties, I mean, the first laser was invented and, um, and working by by about nineteen sixty. Uh, by 1967, a scientist wanted to find out if maybe this new ray, the laser ray, it might cause cancer. So he wanted to do an experiment. So he takes some, takes some mice, he shaves the hair from their bodies, he divides them into two groups. He puts a low-powered ruby laser beam on one group and not the other to see if the treatment group would develop cancer. Okay. And they didn't. And to his surprise, the hair grew back more quickly on the treatment group than, than on the untreated group. So he called that laser biostimulation. That was 1967, but it's back in Budapest, Hungary. So this is, in those days, Hungary was part of uh, sort of the, you know, the Iron Curtain, behind the Iron Curtain, controlled by Russia. The news didn't come out very quickly, because back in the 60s, we weren't great friends with the Russians, <laughs> unlike now. Right. Where, of course, we're best buddies. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to send you over to Mojo 5.0, the, the political station, to go ahead and comment more on that one. <laughs> So they, they held so the So there's the discovery. Yeah. Um, uh, I got involved in 87. I was uh, uh, part of a business that was helping small businesses get hold of government grants. And uh, one of our customers was a laser company. And I went to a meeting at a research hospital in London called Guy's Hospital. And there they were showing off what they'd been doing on small animals with lasers and how it was healing up wounds more quickly. And when I saw that, I thought, well, that's the future. There's going to be one of these in every department of every hospital in the whole world within five years. This is going to be massive. And I thought that in 1987. Wow, that's incredible. Well, I was wrong, wasn't I? It didn't take five years, and we're still not there. Right. So this is now my 32nd year in this field. 30, 32 years yeah. of trying to get the message out, basically. Yes. Something that you've known that can help people that yeah. you've seen help people. Yeah. This now, is and we're getting there now. So there's been... Uh, over 700 randomized placebo-controlled clinical trials published in this field. There's over 4,000 laboratory studies looking at the mechanism of action and the dose response. And there's about 30 new papers coming out every month in this field. And yet most doctors have never even heard of it. There are systematic reviews published in The Lancet, in the British Medical Journal, for example, some of the leading journals in the world. And at last, in the UK, our National Health National Institute of Health and Care Excellence now recommended this treatment in our hospitals in the UK for the treatment of the side effects of high-dose chemotherapy and radiotherapy. So one of the side effects is you lose all the skin inside your mouth, you develop this ulceration, and it's really painful, and it's so bad that a lot of people want to give up their cancer treatments because it's so severe. And what we know is that this treatment, as demonstrated in 40 randomized controlled clinical trials, will basically either prevent or reduce the incidence and severity of oral mucositis in cancer patients. And now it's a recommended treatment in the UK. And in the US, Blue Cross Blue Shield have just started uh, reimbursing uh, for in some regions uh, for this treatment as well. That's so, fantastic. That's incredible. So when they treat these patients with mucositis, mm. It, do you actually have to, have to shine the light in the mouth? Traditionally, yes. So the, the historically what people have been doing is taking a, a single red laser beam and poking it around the mouth. So they treat over the tongue, dorsal tongue, lateral borders, ventral tongue, floor of the mouth, get to the buccal tissues of the, the inside of the cheeks, get to the hard palate, soft palate, and treat individual spots there. Maybe do 20 points 
uh, to, to try and reduce incidence and severity. We're now working on something with Harvard where we're developing an extra oral treatment, meaning outside the mouth, treating through the cheeks, uh, through the get to the buccal tissues uh, to prevent it in that method. And this is a treatment for children. Hmm. One quick question, trying to get the word out there. Is it similar to like what we have to do with our supplement where you really can't make disease claims, you can't say a disease state, or because it is a device, are you able to say, no, we use this for mucositis-induced chemo or chemotherapy-induced mucositis? Right. So uh, uh, there's FDA codes for different devices, which have, and they say what you can say. So most people don't realize the FDA regulate marketing. That's their primary job. Oh, we, oh, we, we know it that. real well. Huh? Most people don't. Okay. So, uh, and I, I don't know about the device the, the, with your CBDs and what, I've no idea what the rules are around that. But with devices, they, they say what you can do. So we've been, you know, whilst I suppose... 20, 30 years ago, the FDA were hostile to this as a, as a form of light therapy. Uh, somebody twisted somebody's arm, and they've really relaxed the definition of a heat lamp. They've even created a new category of heat lamp called the non-heating heating lamp. The non-heating -heating, heating lamp. <laughs> That's right. Wow. <laughs> Which is allowed. Yeah. You love bureaucrats. It's, like, so, I mean, it's like hot ice cubes. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> like that. Or, you know what? Like seeing all those hamburgers at McDonald's, you're like, that's a non-heating heat lamp right there. Yeah, keeping right. all those hamburgers room temperature. <laughs> Burgers just like Dad used to make. <laughs> so anyway, there are some categories now where this product can, a product can be sold. Uh, with very limited indications. And the broadest one uh, is an ILY category, which is basically based on heat lamp. Uh, but now you go, it doesn't have to be infrared, you can use visible red, and it doesn't actually have to heat either. But they've broadened this out, they've really relaxed it, and allows this technology on. And I do happen to know, and I don't think it's top secret, that uh, the FDA are working to develop a photobiomodulation code. Oh, that's great. At the moment. Wow. So it will be a real thing as far as FDA is concerned. Already the National Library of Medicine, the people who run PubMed, I'm sure you know who PubMed are, uh, have developed a mesh term, a medical subject heading for photobiomodulation. So as far as the National Library of Medicine is concerned, this is a real thing. Uh, and the FDA is going to get there. They're not too far behind. And then there'll be a, an official category. Now, quite what you can say about it, we don't know yet. We don't know what they're going to... This, the bottom word is approve. They, they don't approve most technologies. I don't know when the if FDA approval ever exists, but within our category of products, they clear products for marketing. That's the category. That's how you're supposed to express it. So it's FDA cleared for, and in our case, we go with the infrared heat, the old heat lamp version, which is temporary relief of muscle and joint pain and improvement of blood flow and something else I can't remember the detail. But it's long. And allows us basically to claim pain relief. It sounds like that he has somewhat of the same battle that we do whenever we have a supplement that we can actually put proof behind. And mm. the, the issue is, is the way that I best interpreted the altruistic version of what the FDA is to do is to protect the public from things that could cause them harm. Mm -hmm. So that's, but that's the, that's the version that they want you to stop at. I think that there's also an addendum to that. And that is if you've run the rigmarole of somehow being blessed as a medical drug or a medically approved device, well, then you can make the claims regardless of what your study says as long as it's not hurting someone. But even if you have something that's completely natural or something that's safe and benign, like like light treatment yep. can be, mm -hmm. they don't necessarily want to extend that same opportunity to you. And you almost always have to talk about the symptoms around a disease or, a, or an issue 
versus saying we help here, which is so, the opposite in Canada. Yeah, it's totally. So in Canada, we're it, when uh, we got our uh, NPN number, NPN NPN, number, yeah. It was funny because we sent them everything that says on this box, which is occasional discomfort. They're like, no, 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 no. What's the disease that you guys fix? We're like, well, in Canada, we fix irritable bowel syndrome. Mm. They're like, good, say that. And it's very, you know, it's very different. We're like, quit talking So we talking have the same thing. It. What can we say in the UK? So we have a CE mark in Europe. And you, you, when you uh, put your product on the market, you have to have there's a long document you have to work with, a clinical evaluation report, and that's obviously examined. And we were able to make claims about joint pain, uh, tendinopathies. We did back and neck pain. We do uh, oral mucositis. Right. And it's very clinical. And then you state what range you want. They examine your, your data. And then you let, it, let you put it on the market uh, with those claims. And that's, we're much more specific. In, we can be much more specific in Europe than we are in the US. We've got this vague term about temporary relief of muscle and joint pain and arthritis and whatever. Else, however, it's something along those lines. Uh, a couple small things. When I very first heard about Thor laser mm. and photobiomodulation or PBM, as, as Ken has already made it as a part of his everyday vernacular. Mm. Yeah, this is, um, yeah, it is not PBR. Remember that. Yeah, it's not, it's not professional bull riding. Yeah, and it's oh, not I was Pat's thinking blue of ribbon. Pat's blue ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> but PBM, LLLT or triple LT, photobiomodulation, Thor laser, what is the the best term to succinctly say that because I, I believe that LLLT could also mean yes. LED or laser right yes it's had 79 different names over the years which makes it very hard to, to pin down sure and people keep inventing their own names possibly because they want to have their product uh, somehow be hard you know when they when they tell somebody what it is and they they google it they only get their product so there's been a lot of invention of new terms and I don't know why some scientists keep wanting to they maybe have some, you know, we've got transcranial uh, low-level laser therapy. And therefore, which is true, when they're treating the brain, then, yes, it's uh, going through the brain. But actually, they're making it harder for everybody to find by keep coming up with nuanced versions of the original name or transcranial cranial photobiomodulation. But then they call it T, small t, PBM therapy or something like that. And okay. you search for PBM therapy, you don't get the one, all the ones with a T in front of it, don't, you don't see. So... Well, nomenclature aside, when mm. I, after I learned about the, the different names and began to look it up, what I was blown away is by is a lot of what you just referenced earlier. And there are tons of articles within PubMed about the oral uh, mu uh, mucositis. And yep. some of these that stood out to me were uh, the, for chronic nonspecific low back pain. Mm. The uh, European Society for Medical Oncology says that uh, they're redu reducing the mucositis. Yep. The World Health Organization back in 2008 yep. said that it is now recommended for neck and back pain. That's not nothing. That's significant well, you studies. Know, the reason why I was so excited to have you on, when he brought it up, the study that I found was a rat study where they induced arthritis mm -hmm. in these rats, mm -hmm. treated one group mm -hmm. with PBM and the mm -hmm. other one not, and then they, they euthanized them, and mm -hmm. they looked at it on a microscopic level. Mm -hmm. And I pulled Eric over. I was like, dude, this is real. Mm -hmm. Like, there's cellular stuff going on here. This is not... You know, because there's so much like marketing and people are changing stuff. What I want to know, what is super fascinating is you discovered this in 87 and you clearly have something that you or you found something that the rest of the world needs to learn about. Mm. It's been there since 1960. Mm. Spock was using it back in Star <laughs> Bones, Trek. Bones, Spock was a Vulcan and Bones oh, was the doctor. Sorry, Bones. <laughs> You're obviously not old enough. Yeah. No, I'm definitely old enough. I just, He's yeah. really bad with names. <laughs> Horrible. Um, 
as somebody who's also an entrepreneur and you're the owner and CEO and you work your tail off, what happened? 1987, can you just give us a synopsis and on, on your life and career to get here in front of us? Well, just to, before anybody holding out for a great degree or anything, I've got the same level of qualifications as Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and Richard Branson. What did they do? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's, it, basically, I have no degree. I left school at 16 with no qualifications, and now I teach Harvard Medical School professors. Nice. Well, that's where that happens. Yeah, it does, isn't it? So um, I left school at 16. I was, you know, been in a rock band. I knew how to make a fuzz box and a wah-wah pedal and an amplifier, and I knew how to connect these things up. So I knew I wanted to be in electronics when I left school. I called, you know, we used to have this thing called Yellow Pages. Remember them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I called up an electronics company, and uh, it was, you know, 20-minute train work right away. And um, said I wanted to be an apprentice designing, you know, they made radio stations. So... Uh, uh, and uh, TV and audio equipment for TV studios. So I wanted to work in there, and I asked them for a job, and they said, come over, and sure enough, um, they could tell that I knew a lot already about it, and they wanted my enthusiasm. So uh, I went out there, and I did study some electronics at college, failed at college, and failed my second year twice, but I still did well in the company, got all the promotions, running departments, and uh, so that was my so six years in th of that. Then I... Uh, helped a, a friend to run a, 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 um, a sports car restoration business doing old sports and classic cars from the 60s and 50s. Uh, that burnt down, underinsured. Had to go back to work. Ran another uh, test department in an electronics company, making transformers for satellites just to earn some money. Uh, they sold out, and the boss, as he left, says, you'll never make money as an engineer. He says, you're going to have to learn how to do some sales. So I took a job at Pitney Bowes. Didn't do too well, but anyway, learned how to do some sales. Um, then I uh, bought a franchise with a friend to sell government grant information. We had this laser company as a client. I thought, as I told you, this is fantastic. This is going to be in every department of every hospital in the whole world sure. within five years. So I left to get sell for that laser company. They went out of business a few years later. Uh, so I started my own with two engineers who were already working for that company. And that went well till 2005. And then those days, it was yellow pages again. You look up physiotherapist or something and get you call them and make an appointment and say can I show you my new toy right so we sold them like one at a time like that and I would travel the UK on a motorcycle with with lasers on the back <laughs> selling these things door to door that's just like that movie uh, oh, well, uh, with uh, Will Smith uh, Pursuit of Happiness yeah with the, with the bone scan machines right <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, I, I mean, don't know that one this is fascinating because all I heard was that didn't work that failed that burnt down underinsured that didn't work it just keep going this is the whole thing of the improv. It's the there, whole thing. There are well, more no accidents. Keep going. This is right. awesome. Well, 2005, I came over here. So the, 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 uh, a joint project with the Navy and the FDA, they bought some lasers from us. And I went to a conference over there to see um, what they were doing with it. And they were healing spinal cord injuries in rats. So uh, I thought, well, this is going to be much bigger than I realized. I thought, for my first get involved, it just healed wounds. And then I could see it was helping physiotherapists on sports injuries, PT, yeah. PTs as you call them here. And uh, so I thought, I'll go back to my partners and say, hey, we have to write a plan. We're going to raise some money. The world's gonna, we're going to get overtaken by Siemens and Philips and other companies like that because we're, we're too small. Uh, we need money. We need to do this properly. And they said, don't do that. VCs, they'll take over your company. They'll probably fire us and anybody else who's any good. They probably even crash the company at the end. And I said, well, I'm not waiting around for you. 
I'm leaving. I'm going to start my own business. Started writing a plan. They called me a few weeks later, says, come back. Nobody's buying from us anyway. We'll do it your way. I wrote the plan. We raised some money. Uh, they brought some new management in. And we were bankrupt within 18 months. They'd fired everybody <laughs> who was good. Wow. They were totally right. So uh, When was this again? That, well, we, got, we raised the money in 2006. And we were dead by, uh, by late 2007. Oh my gosh! This is this is why I love having real entrepreneurs on that just keep grinding it out. Yeah. People don't realize that you went through all of this all shit. to get yeah. where you are. Yeah. Well, he's obviously you obviously believe in believe, what it is that you're I doing. Believe. I don't need to believe. It's uh, it's it's hard evidence published in some of the world's Correct. leading medical journals. Right. You know, <laughs> no belief required. Oh, you know. Yeah, not in the technology. Sorry, I do apologize, but in yeah. the belief in the idea of the company that you can elevate that because this is a fantastic technology. It's a mission, sure. You know, uh, I'm quite clear. The co- the corporate mission is to heal and relieve pain. Right, really simple. Our vision is that we'll be in every corner of every department of every hospital in the whole world. Uh, and I've got a goal of having this therapy established as a first line medical treatment for 100 different diseases in 100 different countries, because they have different rules in each country, by the time I'm 100 years old. So that's by May 7, 2062, which makes me nearly 57 years old now. So it gives you an idea. So I've got till I'm 100, and then I'm taking a 20-year holiday. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we, we are going to talk on some of the specific cases, but I do know we only have about seven minutes left in this half hour, but there are different wavelengths. Mm-hmm. You use... Uh, two variants of uh, nanometers for red, and mm-hmm. then you have blue and green. Is that correct? No, we don't use blue and green. Don't use blue and green. People kind of do, and I can talk to that when after sure. break. Oh yeah, no, no, that's fine. Because people want to know why. What does wavelength do? Why did you use this wavelength? Not, 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 why not another one? My wavelength's better than your one, or something like that. And I can, I can address all of that. Oh, really? What I was going with is you use different lights because uh, through the research you found that through intensity. Um, you know, whether the depth of the tissue that you're going to affect with the light that you're going to use, mm-hmm. y'all have built in protocols through mm-hmm. your research mm-hmm. that, you know, this particular light mm-hmm. in this particular setting requires this particular type of therapy. Right. And it's the, the, the therapeutic window is quite broad and sure. you can achieve the same effects with different wavelengths. Okay. Uh, and within a certain range and similar intensities, it's not a narrow, it's not like a cliff edge. And if you're off by a nanometer, it's not going to work. Or even off by 10 nanometers, it's not going to work. There's actually quite a, quite a broad spectrum. And it's not entirely clear yet. So now we're going to get into the detail of a bit of it. Um, that when it's, if it's ever any better to use red or near infrared light, Unless penetration's an issue, if you want to get to a deep a th- target that's centimeters deep, you know, like, and really you're not going to get much beyond an inch of penetration, mm-hmm. no matter what you're saying. If we had a whiteboard here, I'd start drawing as why well. you get uh, sort of diminishing returns and inverse square law and what happens when light scatters and gets and uh, absorbed. But uh, really, 30 millimeters is about the limit. You can measure light at four and five centimeters deep. People have done it, but it's extremely low levels. And you think, well, why don't, if you turn up the power by, you know, 100%, you know, if I double the power, do I get double the depth? And the answer is absolutely not. You don't. You get double the intensity. Right. So you get double the intensity of light on the surface. Let's imagine you're three centimeters deep. And let's imagine it's like 0.1% of what was on the surface, which is something going to be like that then 0.1% of, let's imagine it was one watt per centimeter squared. Well, you'll have 0.1% of double the power at three centimeters deep, but it's still double almost nothing. <laughs> it's just, so people don't mistake power 
doubling power for doubling penetration. It doesn't. Right. Double the intensity on the surface does give you double the intensity at three centimeters deep, but haven't. But it's two. It's double of almost nothing. It's you haven't really gained anything. I want to completely geek out on this, but I want to finish with your career because mm. now, tell us about Thor and like how where you're at and how I mean how big it is. Are you? I mean, because with all these, you you overcame all these obstacles and now where are you at? So we're a $9 million business as at the, the end of last year. We're on uh, our, our run rate so far this year is 12 million. Uh, we're 35 people. Uh, we're sold to 72 different countries. Uh, I've lost count of how many systems. It must be about 6,000 systems installed around the world. Mostly to uh, what we call irrationally committed healers who've wandered off the map and like buying toys. So... <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. Irrationally what? Irrationally committed healers. These Irrationally are committed healers. In other words, they, um, these are committed healers who are uh, so interested in making their patients better. And they say, that's it. That's what I want. I want one of those. Send me one of those. Send me the bill or whatever it is. And, and they buy one before they figure out how they're going to make any money with it. Right. So they're irrationally <laughs> committed healers. Okay. And these are usually... Uh, Private medical practices across the world. We do have private medicine in the UK as well. Uh, and Australia and Canada mostly, and New Zealand, which are our main markets. But anyway, across Europe, Middle East as well. Uh, the the, irrationally the, um, the committed healers, so they're people who think about healing patients before they think about the money. Right. And it, not that they don't make money with it, they do. Because they're usually quite entrepreneurial as well. And they're not... They got. They're not on a kind of a, got blinkers on like in a career path that says, you know, I just don't want to get sued today, and and if I keep, if I don't, uh, I don't want to go outside the norm such that my you know my my head of department doesn't give me a promotion or whatever like that. He's these are people who are just out for their patients, and that's all they're focused on, and not their careers. And they yes, they will make money, and they may make or may not make career progression. Maybe it doesn't help with career progression. I know plenty of people whose careers have not being involved in this has inhibited their careers. And I'm sure it happens with your CBDs as well. There's probably medical people who are shunned by others who said, "How could you be getting involved in such crazy stuff?" But um, yeah, so in our field, uh, it's the irrationally committed healers who've wandered off the mat. They don't stick to just what they learned in school, but they've probably taken a look at acupuncture. And they've taken a look at some other therapies. They said so they got broad-minded. And then they wander, so that's wandering off the map of their career. And then they like buying toys. So that's wandering it. off the map, though, is, to me, it's very endearing. It just simply means that you're open to, to yeah. realize that you don't know all the answers. Yeah. You know, James, our goal with this show and what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to bridge the gap. I'm, we're trying to look at these things, take some of this irrational in, uh, enthusiasm and science it up. We go, mm. no, it makes sense. Now look. We need to start reevaluating these kind of things, sort of bridging the gap between these two worlds. That's kind of our goal. Mm. Well, in our field, we've reached the highest levels of evidence. These like, people like systematic reviews, and then published in the Lancet, in the British Medical Journal. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that for these things. And still, the barriers are there. You can get the science. Uh, to, no, the, there are criticisms of our science, like a lot of the data was. It's there, and it's in systematic reviews. They didn't publish in high enough impact factor journals. There's always a reason why not, it seems to me. Uh, we're now teaching in medical schools. Uh, we've, got, we've actually got research projects running in 51 medical schools around the world now. So, and this is where I think it works. You've got to get into this. They've got to learn this at school. Right. And yeah. that's how we're going to... And that does mean there's 10, 20 years before they are in a decision-making position. Uh, it could be. 
maybe not 20, but certainly uh, we, need it, we need people leaving medical school with this uh, as part of their toolbox. And that's what we're working. And we're working at a political level now as well. I gave a congressional briefing back in November. Did you see that? I saw that on YouTube. Yeah. yeah I did, yeah. Yes. So we've done a congressional briefing. And we've now got somebody active full-time around Capitol Hill, uh, working with insurance companies, working with politicians, trying to persuade them that we need more money from NIH to do the kind of research they say they want to see to fund it all and to change minds at the highest level. We're this is to, awesome. We're going to yeah. have to continue this in the next half hour. I want to so, geek out. Well, there's plenty of opportunity. ThorLaser.com. Back with James Carroll here in just a moment. This is the only 24-hour, take-anywhere platform dedicated to food and fun. We're Spoonie. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump says he's being harassed by House committees now run by Democrats. Here's White House correspondent Greg Cluxton. In the face of stepped-up investigations, the president tweets, This is the highest level of presidential harassment in the history of our country. House Democrats are asking for six years of Donald Trump's tax returns, ten years of his financial records, and they're preparing to issue a subpoena for the full Russia report from the special counsel. The president complains that some Democrats are fighting hard to keep the witch hunt alive. Greg Clugston, Washington. A preliminary report finds no fault with the crew of that Ethiopian Airlines jet that crashed last month. Ethiopia's Minister of Transport says the Boeing MAX pilots were fully licensed. The crew obtained the license and qualifications to conduct the flight. And they follow their training, she says. Aviation safety expert John Cox says everything about last October's crash and last month's crash of that Ethiopian Airlines jet remains uh, very curious. What I think it shows is the critical need for very careful analysis of potential faults when they're designing new aircraft or updated aircraft. Boeing is declining to comment pending its review of that new report. German chemicals company Bayer says it detected and averted a cyber attack last year by a hacking group that's been traced to China. In a statement, Bayer said its in-house cybersecurity team found signs of malicious software associated with the group Winti on company systems in early 2018. The company said there were no signs of data outflow and the affected IT systems have since been cleaned. It said prosecutors in Cologne have opened an investigation. German officials have in the past warned of industrial espionage from China. As correspondent Jeremy House reporting on Wall Street, the Dow's booming right now up 140 points, the Nasdaq up 18. More on these stories at townhall.com. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-452-1075. 800-452-1075. That's 800-452-1075. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. 
The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-245-0823-800-245-0823-800-245-0823. Call right now. That number again is 800-245-0823. Never Forgotten Apparel is more than just a premium women's and men's clothing line. It's a movement to remind us to wear American-made and serve those who serve us. Our heroes. Never Forgotten Apparel gives 20% of their total sales to nonprofits that support homeless veterans and off duty firefighters, and 50% to individual veterans and firefighters in need nationwide. Check out NeverForgottenApparel.com. Use promo code MATT, M A T T, and get 15% off your purchase. Okay, we're back. It is now the second hour of Gut Check Project, episode number five. We are joined with CEO and founder of Thor Laser, James Carroll, all the way from London. And, uh, of course, your host, Dr. Kenneth Brown of Gastroenterology. ADMD Health. If you want to see what this laser looks like and what James Carroll looks like, go to our Instagram at KBMD Health. And uh, you'll see we did post a little video yesterday. He, he took the time out of giving a lecture to show me the actual uh, booth, the laser booth, bright, pretty cool, neat stuff. Very but, red. That very was the red. whole body one, though. I mean, that's not a laser. We use light emitting guides for that one. But yes. We'll get into that That's one. a different website. So that's NovoThor.com. N-O-V-O. NovoThor. NovoThor.com, yeah. So that last half hour, loved hearing your story, you overcoming all this stuff. Clearly, there's tons of data out there, tons of literature. Why haven't, why hasn't someone like me heard about it until just recently because it's not reimbursed that's the bottom line it is so uh it would help also if i mean that is the bottom line i mean the all these cancer centers that we're dealing with uh would love to be using it tomorrow uh if only it was reimbursed so that is the probably it's it's, it's a major priority for us so you need an insurance code basically here in the states anyhow to make that happen yes do y'all have that in other countries no, in the UK we have a national health service, so it's on the national health service for cancer patients. It's just not over here yet because of the way the system works. Okay. Uh, what about another kind of a social program that may be comparable to the UK? Because if I remember correctly, I think I overheard you've been working with uh, the VA here stateside. Is that correct? That's right. So we made a light helmet. So if you can imagine an American football footballer's helmet, uh, imagine that with full of uh, light emitting diodes, LEDs bright red ones and you stick this thing on your head and it shoots light into the brain what is it you're trying to accomplish with the light helmet for the uh, the, the veterans at the VA? oh so um post-traumatic stress disorder uh and whatever will cover any other cognitive problems related to concussion and traumatic brain injury do you think that you that uh, thor laser with this helmet would be it'd be beneficial if i understand correctly to help people with a concussion protocol absolutely or cte protocol absolutely okay so what kind kind of evidence have y'all had with with that so far because that's that is definitely a hot topic is cte oh my gosh it is so hot we're gonna have one of our guests coming up um i don't know when we actually have it scheduled but uh, colonel paul blair oh yeah 
Um, he works with Elixinol, the company that supplies our CBD. He's mm-hmm. done a ton of research on PTSD and traumatic brain injury. Mm. I think there's a lot of synergy using these lights and CBD and gut health, all of it. Right. Fascinating. I'm just going to have a look in something, which is my, my database here. As you can see, it says Thorgal. Yeah, you I have your you own like search with it. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> Uh, it's not. It's not public, and I'm just going to type in. <laughs> and I just typed in. Borgel. So this is only photobiomodulation research on, on this on this thing here. Nice. And uh, yeah, I just typed in brain. How many treat- studies we got on treating the brain with light? Two hundred eighty-five. Two hundred and eighty-five completed published, studies. You know, published in peer-reviewed medical journals. That's fantastic. Yes. So it shows what it does to reduce uh, basically oxidative stress and increase ATP in the brain, which means things for, uh, for nerve regeneration, so what it does for cortical neurons, sure. and then looking at the clinical benefits of that, what it does for uh, BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, uh, and so it helps the brain repair itself. And there were a lot of these effects maybe not due... This is easy to show in animals. Um, in humans, we're much bigger, and it's harder to get the light as deep, and it seems a lot of these effects are just due to improved blood flow as well. It's, we still need to know more about how much of it is to do with getting light to cortical neurons and how much of it is about getting light, just improving blood flow. But uh, between the pair of them, it's people are getting better. I mean, I've, if this was a, you know, a TV show, we'd, I think we'd be having, I'd be showing you data from our first f- uh, patient who's finished uh, a course of 18 treatments since we delivered this device. And the change in his post-traumatic stress disorder is, uh, is, is, is breathtaking. Well, that's a lead into actually my, my follow-up question is, have you been able to track anybody to see how maybe they've been able to deal with their own personal depression since? Funnily enough, I just happened to have a score on that. All right. Just was looking at that. Yeah. Oh, a, really? a review on using this, the very first one, that if you type in Google Scholar 2017 in the journal Reviews and Neurosciences, the potential of transcranial photobiomodulation therapy for the treatment of major depressive disorder. Yes. So that's a 21-patient study, Harvard Medical School. Uh, it's, it's, Fascinating. It's, it is extraordinary. It takes... Uh, oh, my gosh. So I uh, think in that one they did 18 treatments once a w- uh, three times a week for six weeks. 18 treatments. They're treating the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. So that's here and here, here with light-emitting diodes. And uh, they hold it there for 20 minutes, uh, both sides. And yeah, it's it, MDD, major depressive disorder, is the third leading uh, cause of disability in the world, and uh, we're turning it around. But it goes hand in hand with so many things. Major depressive disorder goes along with chronic pain, goes along with sleep issues, goes along with PTSD. I mean, it is a, it can be the byproduct of so many things, or it can be the primary thing that can re- cause other things. No joke. So I um, just thought I'd bring this up on the screen for you. You, you, you asked exactly the right question. This is, a, uh, I don't know if one of your screens can show it. I'll just show it to you first, okay. and I'll turn it around and others can see it. All right. So first of all, self-rating of cognitive, behavioral, and emotional function uh, difficulties here. Look at this dramatic drop, drop. in yeah. the symptoms what? there. So, and there's a, there's a, this is the self-rating one. Um, this These is a, are retired NFL players? Yes. Emotional yeah. outbursts here. So as it says down here, uh, a reliable decrease is uh, 10 to 20 points. He has a 40-point drop after a course of 18 treatments. This is one week follow-up and one month follow-up on there. And I'll just turn that around so that one of your cameras can maybe pick yeah, up on that. You'll be able I, to zoom up on, step that, away on that later so I on. I can't zoom up on it. So um, well, which one are we going to do is, that one? Is? This is absolutely incredible. <laughs> I'll let you narrate if you want All right. to. Uh, this, will, I'm going to show the second. This one over here, there. Eric. Don't get too close because uh, you'll lose the focus. Back further away. Back, give me the signal. 
got that uh, little still not focusing. Yeah, I can't, well, I, it's not autofocus. I'd have to come in there and refocus the camera. Okay, um, and then refocus it on but you. Yeah, they'll see things. the line. I mean, they can't read the detail, but it's there. And how so, many people did they look at? These, these no, are this is, this is NFL an, people. This is an, one individual. So, uh, who was the first person to complete a course of eighteen treatments? So. This is incredible. So mm. potentially we're talking about anybody who would have concussive uh, issues. It could be any athlete, obviously football players. But now when you're talking about And road traffic accidents. Road traffic accidents, yeah. falls, yeah. the VA, people who've been subject to, to uh, combat and battle. Yeah, absolutely. But even beyond that, you, you looked at emotional outbursts. Yeah. Yeah. My staff's going to want one of those. Yeah. Just slowly <laughs> come in and put it on my head and be like, what's going on? I'm just... <laughs> Got it. Did I answer your question? No, I mean, I think you more <laughs> no. than answered the question. It's, it's just impressive that we've got a technology that you are intimately familiar with. Literally four months ago, I had just never heard of it. Right. Oh, wow, what a cool picture. Yeah, I'm going to, I thought I'd just say, so right, for the listeners, what we will do on uh, at gutcheckproject.com is you can see if you have video right now, you can kind of see this cool helmet. It looks like a football helmet with a bunch of red lights on the inside. That's the uh, that that's the apparatus y'all are using yeah. correctly at the that's VA. Right. Yeah, and uh, so we'll we'll put all the images and make them available just the same. And of course, if you want to learn more, ThorLaser.com. Yeah, and we do just training courses all over the world. So if you go to ThorLaser.com, look up training, and you'll see that we do about I suppose uh, fifty trainings a, a year across the globe. Just yesterday, you were in uh, North Dallas. That's right. What was the convention exactly? It's the Academy of Laser Dentistry. Okay, so they're, they're becoming fans of this too. So the idea is that uh, and there's so many pathologies that they could be treating. They'll just use it for post-operative pain as an alternative to non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which are not good for you. Right. Uh, but it works better than NSAIDs, and it helps you heal as well. And this is the, this is the big takeaway message for this. Whilst it's, it is an excellent pain reliever, and in clinical trials it outperforms non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, acetaminophen and opioids, uh, it also helps you heal, which those drugs can actually inhibit healing. So this is a technology which is regenerative and analgesic and anti-inflammatory. And so dentists will use it post-operatively, but they also treat these, people get these real uh, aberrant, neuropathic, extremely painful uh, problems as well that people just don't have answers for. So I, I, what I personally find most moved, feel most moved by is what it can do for people in extreme pain and how where the drugs barely mask it at all. These are the kinds of pains that drive people to suicide, like uh, post-hepatic neuralgia, trigeminal neuralgia, this kind of thing. So this is uh, uh, the fact that we can actually turn these around by actually helping heal the, uh, the, the dysfunctioning nerve. Uh, is what excites me. Go ahead, Patrick, do you have something? Yeah, I was, I, it's funny. I was just asking Marie about trigeminal neuralgia. I have a friend, uh, David uh, uh, Allison, he's in Houston. He's uh, early 70s, but he has trigeminal neurology. He used to have four to five episodes a day. Ooh. And if you've ever seen this, it's uh, you know you basically collapse on the ground, squeeze your head, cry. Yeah. Um, and this is a grown man who was in the military for years and years. Um, he went through two brain surgeries, and uh, the second one causes stroke. Um, and I was just asking if this is effective. The only other thing he's found, he has not had a single episode, was CBD, a full-spectrum CBD. But I think this is a treatment I've... I've this I'm telling you, long, that's, it's called is, a suicide disease. I oh, mean, no, yeah. there's, there's some, but the, the, chronic pain is, it just wears you down. I was actually talking to a friend of mine just a couple of days ago who is a pain doctor. His name is Dr. Paul Berg. And we were talking, he has reevaluated his pain practice because his interpretation of pain, his highest level, it's your one to 10 scale 
is dependent on how much pain you've actually experienced in your life because you have a reference. Right. He said it, he broke his leg doing something and he said that was my 10. And then he ended up with nerve pain. And that was and his new 10. That was his new 10. And he yeah. said, now I have a whole new respect when I talk to patients yeah. about what they say their pain is because when you start looking at some of this like phantom limb pain, things that are all nerve related, it is like trigeminal neuralgia. I mean, all different kinds of stuff. Like My that. dad uh, passed from uh, metastatic lung cancer two and a half years ago. And the part, the suffering that, that took him down the most was trigeminal neuralgia. And sadly, this was not on the table as an option for him to, uh, for him to turn to. And I only wish that it would have been. It would have been fantastic had we, had we known you at the time to have uh, been able to address that. But it, uh, Patrick's incredibly correct, and I'm sure that you've you've seen it. And and Ken, you're right as well. Nerve pain is a killer, and that brings up something else. I actually had uh, shingles. Remember four years ago, that wasn't much fun. No. Have y'all worked with any type of herpetic? Uh, yep. Neurology? Funnily enough, are you being psychic or just looking at my screen? No, so- I'm just curious. <laughs> Look, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show it to everybody. I'll turn it back towards the camera later, but just to run this past you guys. Post-hepatic neuralgia. Uh, it's a small study, 20 patients here, mean age of 69 years. Mean duration of pain, uh, two and a half years, so up to, up to eight years in this study, are going to get treated twice a week for four weeks. So group A get treatment twice a week for four weeks down here, and their pain comes down. Group B is on a placebo. It's a crossover trial, so now Group B get the active treatment and their pain comes down to join Group A. But notice Group A is not getting worse. They stayed down. Now, the follow-up data, at the end of the month, uh, of the second month, after the end of the study, um, 95% of patients have discontinued all medication. I mean, this is a disease that drives people to suicide, as you're saying. Uh, 5% required a, a reduced dosage of medication. And at six-month follow-up, 80% of patients have maintained their reduction in pain. And two patients returned to a pain of score of four, not requiring medication, and two requi- uh, returned to a pain of six and eight. So obviously that's ho- it's horrible for them. But most patients here are basically getting long-term relief from this treatment. So... So I can only imagine that we're not using this because it's highly addictive. The side effects are tremendous. Are you talking about drugs? No. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it wasn't published in a great journal. It was published in a laser journal. And this is some of the criticism we get for our literature. Because there are low-level laser therapy journals mm. uh, or laser medicine journals that like publishing it, there's something called publication bias. And everybody, rightly, is suspicious that if you publish your data in a journal which is already sympathetic to your field, then they tend to have a poorer quality of manuscript review and therefore it's less reliable data it's considered. So that's one of the criticisms. Because we've got all this enthusiasm by these irrationally committed healers and they start up associations where uh, they, you know, if you come in and say, "Hey, I'm curing Zika virus and with and Ebola and, and AIDS or something," they're going to believe you, right? You know, just because they they are they believe in this therapy, sure. And that doesn't help us really. We need a more skeptical. This way, got to publish in high impact factor journals uh, that are not in for, for uh, orientated for your club, as it were. You want to be going to, you know, your cancer paper should be in a cancer journal, not in a low level laser therapy journal. That helps with it. So we've got to get in the right journals. That's what will help us get into guidelines. That will help us get reimbursement. That will help us be mainstream. We run into this also because, you know, I want to be in the gastroenterology journals, the the most premier ones. and And it ends up being a bit of a club where Mm. if you know the editors, Mm. if you understand that you submit 
And a lot of it is driven by the, in my industry, the pharmaceutical industry controls those pages. They control what gets in. Mm. Large studies, large randomized placebo controlled trials that are The bar's now very high, as you're describing, because if you're a pharmaceutical company, you have uh, uh, budgets which are not like anything is going to be in your industry. There's not presumably, I was going to say, there's not enough money in your industry possibly to fund these things. Is there a billion dollar, maybe there is, I don't know, CBD. Are there billion dollar companies? I don't know. But if they are, they should be funding the trials that get into these journals and it would just improve uh, availability for everyone. That is fascinating, though. Now, the beauty of this, what you're doing, holding the mic and talking about it, we know now in this age of information, you the only people that really that matters with are the academic doctors where mm. somebody's walking in their office going, look, this is a journal. And they look at it and go, that's a that's a false journal. But yeah. the reality is people will talk. If they'll say it's a tier three journal. Yeah, yeah Not, tier three. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, I mean, like it goes all the way down. You can buy your way into any journal. I remember there was a show called Adam Ruins Everything where he actually submitted a script to his show and got it published in a really low-level journal. Mm-hmm. And they actually published the script yep. of the show. You can pay for it. Yeah, you can you buy can pay your to, way in. You can pay to play. But like we're saying, if you have, you know, post-herpetic neuralgia, if you've got trigeminal neuralgia, mm. then when people talk, they go on forums, they get in these Facebook groups, it has a movement. And you just got to, I mean, well, you've been doing it since 1987, mm. shouting at the rooftops. And that paper, I think, was 1992. So you've been you, around a while. You were at the dental conference yesterday. Have you all uh, been able to break into possibly like a, a dermatology group or dermatology conference to talk about? There are, this, this treatment is alive and well in dermatology, and I don't go. Uh, so um, the, it's, Dermatology in the United States is not what we call dermatology in Britain. Okay. What we do in Britain uh, is what you call medical dermatology. In other words, we are drilling with diseases of the skin, if you like. Okay. Uh, as opposed to dermatology over here is mostly, seems to me, about wrinkles and hair removal <laughs> and breast enlargement or something like that. But, but it's cosmetic sure. surgery, and that's not a world I want to be in. There's so much um, misinformation in that field that, I mean, the truth doesn't get a chance out there. And they, they're very excited by what they do with it. And it's alive and well in dermatology. It's, I, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> I just got messaged by somebody listening to this right now. And they said, is one of the reasons is that it's cost prohibitive to the client, that it's not. It's not well, if you're, it depends if you're talking about if you want a home use device for treating yourself, is it cost prohibitive? And uh, the tr- well, there are devices that you can probably get for $100, and there's devices like our, the whole body Novathor thing, which is $100,000, in fact, $120,000. So if somebody so, like one of these irrational practitioners, mm. what, what would it cost for a treatment typically if somebody were to go in? They just want to okay. see if this is something that they could that they could pursue, and where can they find it? Yeah, where can they find it? I think most people are doing 100 to $150 uh, per treatment. Okay. What did I say? Did I say 150 Actually, I meant to say 50 to 150 50 whatever to 150 okay. So I think it's typically in that kind of range. All right. Uh, and uh, the Novathor website, which is the whole body treatment system, mm-hmm. uh, where we've got about 100 installations now, uh, there's a map that you can go find somewhere. Uh, we have thousands who use the laser products at thorlaser.com and there's a tab which when you look down I think it's under the about us tab and it says find a treatment center and you write to us you tell us what your disease or injury is Uh uh, and whereabouts in the world you live you just fill in this form it tells us and then uh, then we'll shoot you you send you to somebody we know who we think will do a good job for you 
So it's very individualized. We don't want, we haven't got thousands, because you could just say, hey, there's a treatment center down the street, not realize it's a dentist, but you're going for a foot problem, or it's a veterinarian, or something like that. And we haven't refined, and we know we've got to go through our database more carefully. We've got to follow up everybody. Would you like to be on a website with on a map um, to be promoted? Uh, and then we've got to basically, we've got to call thousands of treatment centers around the world and do that so before it can become public. So stateside, you probably range everywhere from medical doctors, medical offices, and practices who currently have a Thor laser all the way to uh, chiropractors and wellness centers. Even massage therapists uh, have been using it. I mean, can I have something to add to my hands? And any can... of those could be found probably on your locator as long as they've agreed to be listed? Uh, we haven't done this map for most of our products. Okay. So you'd have to just fill in our form and we'll tell you where there's a treatment center. Oh, okay. Center. Nice. You say, what do you want to have treated? And if they say post neuralgia, trigeminal neuralgia, we know, ah, and they're in this, this city, we'll say, ah, they need to see this guy. Well, this is, I'm sorry, I just want to say this one thing to anybody that's listening. This is one of those things, please share this, because if you know anybody that has chronic pain and they're suffering, this is, what, this is why we have this. We're trying to find ways to bring hope so that you're not just sitting there in a room depressed, you know, agonizing over some nerve pain. This is at least an option. I've got a uh, loved one, my aunt, and uh, she is uh, 80 years young, and she has recently developed sciatic pain. Mm. So uh, she's begun getting treated by the Thor laser, and I would say that she was skeptically optimistic. And now she's she's booked uh, her follow-up treatments because it's noticeable pain. And for her, it really wasn't a wait around. The first treatment delivered results for her that day, which is not what really I expected. It wasn't what she expected, mm. but thankfully, uh, she had access to it, and she feels she feels much, much, much better. Right, great. So, w- what's really cool is you and I have no skin in the game. We don't. We're not affiliates or anything like nope. that. I'm just looking up the articles. There are so many articles, well done studies. Um, even in my field, I just saw one just published in 2019. Photobiomodulation of the microbiome implications for metabolic and inflammatory diseases. You say 2019? 2019. So it doesn't get March. any more recent than last month. Last month. And I, I'm not going to look at this and go, oh, it was published in the Lasers and Medical Science Journal. I'm going to look at this and I'm going to read it and see if it makes sense. Right. If it makes sense, then there is some rationale behind it. You just look deeper into it. Yes. So it, there are many applications of uh, of the laser itself or the LED, and so we've talked about pain. We've just now learned that there's a recent article on the, the microbiome. We can talk about it in the next half hour, probably some of the best takeaway stories and the, the best applications, but what are the different divisions that you want the laser to be available? I've, I've heard of macular degeneration. Mm. I've obviously we'll talk about that the next half hour, but macular degeneration, obviously we've covered pain. We've talked about uh, some element of dentistry, which mm-hmm. we could probably get into the next half hour. What other avenues do y'all pursue to, to help alleviate pain and expedite healing? My favorite three areas, my first three targets for, so my, my hundred plan, as I called it, the hundred diseases, hundred countries, hundred years, mm-hmm. uh, hundred year old plan. Uh, my, my, we've mentioned enough about oral mucositis, we've done that. Uh, macular degeneration is high on the list and displacing opioids as a treatment uh, for pain is the, uh, is the other one we're going for. Nice. Yeah. Well, just back to my dad, he was, he was dependent upon Dilaudid whenever yeah. he had flare-ups and that's, that's no way to live whenever you've got uh, cancer and now you can't go to the bathroom because you're having to take too many opioids. So it just be, begets a terrible cycle of, I can't get relief. Mm. 
So it's it's no good. So if we're going to do this 100, 100, 100 thing, you're going to need a little help. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we can help you with, if you go to lovemytummy.com forward slash Spoonie, mm-hmm. you'll get a coupon to get Atrantil, which the molecules in that are anti-aging. So okay. we need to make sure you make it to 100 to help all, Absolutely. These, all these different I'm things. I'm looking forward to it. I think I need it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we, by, uh, <laughs> It would, be, it would be interesting, though, to see what we could do to collaborate probably sometime in the future to find out how using different therapies together could actually help us achieve our goals. Mm. Ken's long talked about PTSD and CTE. He's got a friend who played uh, long-term football and has had close friends of his that, unfortunately, uh, CTE got the best of. Mm. And these, he's got a personal interest, Junior, to find out what he can do to serve some of his, uh, his colleagues in terms of CTE and improvement. It should be a first-line medical treatment for kids who are playing. Uh, sorry, I keep saying American football because it's not football as far as I'm concerned. Sure. It's, it's what you call soccer. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, for, for football, uh, for kids playing football. There was a should, recent – For uh, everybody playing football. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we talked about that on the first episode or not, but there was a recent journal article that came out where, unfortunately, they did autopsies on teenagers who were killed and um, – they showed that even minimal amount, these were all football players, American football players, minimal amount of trauma already started to show inflammation in the brain and scarring in the brain. You can get it from jogging, anyway. You get CTE from jogging. Riding roller coaster. So maybe that too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we just all need to walk around with PBM helmets on That's at right. all times. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sipping can... on CBD, walking around <laughs> That's with right. laser light helmets. Popping some Atron too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then if we had some LEDs in these, uh, yeah. in these headphones and squirting light in our heads, we might, <laughs> Nothing we, going on we might take even more sense. <laughs> yeah. All that makes great sense. Well, look, we got a great last half hour of this show because we're going to get into some of your great stories. we got a uh, dental, a, a tooth extraction story that we want to talk about uh, with some analgesia. Uh, using the uh, laser light therapy and of course we're just going to wrap up and see what James Carroll has to offer to close out the show love it see you in a bit have you done it you you catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror I'm I'm one of those people you don't want to see naked. I yeah, most of us. But I mean, you look and you're going, "What the?" I know. How did I get to whatever? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Hey there, it's Doc Thompson and Brad Staggs to tell you about a different way mm-hmm. to shed those pounds. This is brand new tech. It's only been around for a couple of years or so. It was based on research from the University of California that said um, there's a molecule called OEA that's found naturally in your body. It produces it in the Mediterranean diet. That when taken in concentrated amounts, it will actually make you feel fuller and boost your metabolism. I've lost about 10 pounds so far. It's amazing. It really is cool. A company said, we can take this to market and make this great product that'll help you. It's called RIDUZONE, R-I-D-U-Zone.com, R-I-D-U-Zone.com. It's Brad's work, to, it's worked mm-hmm. for Brad's, worked for me, countless other people. Go to RIDUZONE.com and try today. You're going to love it. RIDUZONE.com. Remember that, R-I-D-U-Zone.com. Take the pain out of ordering your diabetic testing supplies with Diathrive. Diathrive ships the testing supplies you need directly to you when you need them. Best of all, with plans starting as low as $8 a month, Diathrive is probably going to cost you less than what you're paying today. Diathrive is so convinced that you'll love their service, they're offering your first month of supplies free. Simply type the code DOC, D-O-C, at checkout. Diathrive.com. That's D-I-A-Thrive.com.
Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All American Dish, your dish authorized retailer now. 800 570 6630. 800 570 6630. That's 800 570 6630. Offers require credit qualification, 24 month commitment, early termination fee, and e auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. And then, and then that's what happened. It was great. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, so uh, the microphones uh, have been a, a small issue day, but doesn't happen. Happy matter. accidents. Happy. They accidents. are just opportunities because while we were there, um, <laughs> you brought up something super cool. Our friend that we just met last weekend in Utah, yeah, was talking to us a little bit, and James has some experience with this. It is. Uh, so uh, we, our friend that we met, Kevin. Uh, introduced us to an issue that uh, we weren't very familiar with also called uh, lipedema. And it just so happens that uh, issues of edema and lipedema are things that uh, James here is quite familiar with and uh, the uh, experiments they've utilized the Thor while he's getting things set up. Just a reminder, this is the last half hour of episode number five of the Get Check Project here with your host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. And today we're being joined by CEO of Thor Laser, Mr. James Carroll. Uh, James, what were your your stories that you had to feedback on edema? Itself? On edema. Um, yeah, pick my cup helps. Um, so, usual routine. I'm going to show you some pictures. You show reaction on your faces, and then I'll turn it around the camera. And All right, see sounds things. good. So, um, this is a, obviously a foot. And it's got a head and ankle sprain here, second degree ankle sprain. And these uh, patients put their foot in a what's called a foot volumeter, so it's a bath of water, mm. and then out of this pipe, it just, you, you capture the displaced water, and that tells you what it's captured in that beaker, which is calibrated. It tells you how much volume there is in that limb, and of course, if it's got edema, it's swollen, therefore, hopefully, when it goes down, the next time you do it, it'll show less right. as, a, as a result. So there, that's how the experiment's done. So these are soccer players. They've got these second-degree ankle sprains, and they're going to get rest, ice, compression, elevation therapies, or rice, as they call it, rice plus placebo, or rice plus an active laser treatment. And the orange bars here show that the greatest reduction in edema over the following 72 hours is in the active laser treatment group. This is significant, as you can see, significantly reducing the amount of edema uh, in the limb of these patients. Here, which I can get around to there. Oops, and I've just turned, uh, turned onto a story. So there's the, there's the foot, for those of you watching on the screen. And then... Now you can see they put them in a foot volumeter here, which measures displacement of water, tells the volume of the limb. And then here you can just about see the graphs. You won't be able to see the numbers, but the orange bar compares the volume reduction in the limb. In other words, the reduction of edema in the patients who had the laser treatment versus those who did not have any laser treatment. At all of the measured intervals, you can definitely tell that the laser treatment outperformed everything Absolutely. else. Absolutely. So that's standard care. Now, the next one, if maybe you can see it through the screen there, uh, in, in the distance, what you're seeing is this is the uh, shoulder. I'm just going to zoom something up here so you can kind of see it a bit better. 
Yeah, so you got that one there. So that is the clavicle, fractured clavicle. Okay. And it's been plated, so you see it's had surgery. They put a plate on the fractured clavicle there. Mm-hmm. Then it's going to get sewn up. And then uh, three days later, this patient gets home to his wife, who happens to be a dentist, who uses a product. And this is the scar. There's a little bit of light on it. it there, looks we go. Better there. there we go. And there's the scar. And you can see all the puffy edema around this scar here. And then she gives it a laser treatment. And which you're going to see it's down below. And hours later, all the edema has gone. Fascinating. So this is good at reducing edema. So this would work. This actually reduces edema in mm. the subcutaneous tissue. Would, would it actually remove from the adipose tissue as well? I don't think so. Otherwise, I think we'd all be looking a lot thinner every time we get inside well, that I mean, Novothor. I mean, in this situation that, that we're talking about, there are certain disease processes where the body will accumulate excess fluid so mm. this isn't so much that and the one that i really am excited to see if it works on mm. is our friend who uh this is lipedema 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 so anecdote well first of all the people who treat uh uh lymphedema which after a breast cancer so they've either had mastectomy and or they've had regional lymph nodes taken out and the arm swells up and it won't go down because they've taken some of the lymphatic system away or there's fibrosis in the tissues that move the lymph fluid uh, so that's a medical condition um, after breast removal, after lymph nodes have been taken out for breast cancer patients. So I'm not going to go through, walk through it. It's a bit washed out on the screen, I can see there. But the, there is data that shows that this treatment, and there's a systematic review in the literature which confirms that this treatment will reduce uh, the um, uh, ly- lymphedema. And these people who use our product for lymphedema tell me it also works for lipedema. Wow. Really? Yes. So that's anecdotal. I haven't seen anything published. Well, see, this is what's so fascinating because our friend is desperate. They've, mm-hmm. they, they're, they're to that point where people are being blown off. You want to know why a lot of people are turning to functional medicine? Mm-hmm. And I consider this a fun, an arm of functional medicine, yep. what you're talking about. Yep. The, the yep. irrationally enthusiastic. Yes, they are. Um, it's a lot of doctors that have gotten frustrated. I consider myself a functional gastroenterologist because I'm mm. at least open to it. Mm. But a lot of people keep going to doctors and they essentially get blown off. Mm. Yes. We got nothing more for you. Yeah. That's it. Well, he said the only uh, course of action for her to take right now that's been effective, uh, it, apparently it only affects females and it usually occurs after a pregnancy, is that uh, she has to go and get routine uh, liposuction. And that was what was then in it. Inevitably, cash. always comes mm. back. Yeah, cash, sure, of course. Now. I would love to see if this works. Well, this, one's, to... this one's, like I say, anecdotal, but it is from people who specialize in lymphedema. So I'm curious. I would love to know, and I'd love to connect with, uh, with sure. the treatment center. So either connect me directly or go through our website. And we could do that. I would love to do a case report on that. Yeah, see if it works. I mean, if it works, it changes somebody's which, which life. Which city does she live in? Uh, Austin. Austin, Austin. Yeah. okay. So uh, another follow-up. So I'll promise the uh, listeners that we would also uh, address macular degeneration. Uh, Yes, dry. Well, there's two kinds, wet and dry AMD. Okay. Um, Most people have... the, the wet form, sorry, the dry form, and it's untreatable. About ten to fifteen percent in the United States of patients who have dry AMD. You know what? So, so for somebody AMD. who didn't graduate from college, you're pretty smart. Yeah, <laughs> you know a lot of a lot of stuff. <laughs> I did not know that there was two kinds yeah. <laughs> of macular degeneration. There's well, al- there's also two eyes. <laughs> so there you go. So uh, let's just get the best, best get the shine off the screen. So uh, here's uh, here's four kids in my kitchen. And if you don't have AMD, you should be able to see them okay. But if you develop AMD, 
you begin to lose. And it's not obvious here because you're not close enough, but there is now there is now a bit slightly fuzzy picture in the middle. You lose central vision and you get distortions in your vision as well. So you might see some distortion there. But then gradually, as it gets worse, you lose contrast sensitivity. Your world's going a bit more black and white. You're losing some of the con- the color sensitivity now. Sure. And then you begin to develop these blind spots, these as geographic atrophy uh, there. And this gets worse until you go blind. And it's something that happens quite late in life. You typically in your 70s, but for some people can begin in their 50s. And what that means is that uh, you don't, um, people in that kind of age group do not learn to read Braille. They don't learn to use a white stick. They can no longer drive. They can't watch TV. They can't read. This is a really, uh, uh, the quality of life lost is horrible for these people. And it's, these people come a burden and to, to their friends and family, and that's, a, that's horrible for them as well. Not just for the family, but for the individual. Hates being a burden, can't see. Losing sight is, is, uh, is, is horrific. I remember um, I got to know uh, the, uh, the Surgeon General of the United States Army. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was the first woman Surgeon General. And she said that when she visited uh, troops back from the Middle East, that uh, they'd have limbs blown off on all sorts of wounds and pain and said, but the one thing that was she kept hearing was uh, that if you could, if you could, if there's one thing you could fix for me, could you fix my eyesight? Not having my eyesight. He said, I'll, I'll keep, keep all my other injuries. I want my eyesight back. And she said, it's just uh, terrible that uh, uh, there was no effective treatment for diseases and injuries to the eye that's effective. Well, what you're going to see here is uh, a device um, which we make specifically for ophthalmologists uh, to treat the eye in another company that I'm a co-founder and investor in called Lumithera.com, L-U-M-I-T-E-H-T-H-E-R-A, Lumithera.com. We developed a device specifically for ophthalmologists for treating diseases of the eye. And we've treated hundreds of patients prior to a clinical trial. We know it works. We've seen the visual acuity charts. And now we've finished a randomized controlled clinical trial. So I've overzoomed my screen. So you won't be able to read it from there. But they're going to get three treatments a week for three weeks. And there's going to be a second round of treatment at six months as well. And uh, because we couldn't have a, a no treatment, and we had to have some kind of placebo, we did a low dose versus a high dose, and which you should be able to see even on that screen there, is that the full proper dose uh, treatment people have improvement in their visual acuity. By the way, this is for the dry form, which is untreated. People with, AM, with wet AMD can have injections in their right, eye. Right. It slows progression. So we've got, we've got our patients in, um, in four groups. There's a group which has got a high vision, get a full dose or a low dose treatment. And you can see these are improvements in visual acuity on the Snellen chart, which you see. So they had three, uh, a series of treatments up to one month, and then we check their improvement. And then, then it seems to improve to three months. And they have a second course of treatment at seven months. But if you stop treatment, it goes away. So, and that's for the high vision group, so they will be early stage AMD, late stage AMD, a slower rate of improvement. If you stop treatment, then it goes away. So people often ask, well, how long does this treatment work for? And the answer is, well, there's two answers. It either lasts forever or you're going to need continual treatment. If you've got a a traumatic injury, you've, you know, if, if a bus runs over my foot and I heal it with my laser light, I'm healed forever. That's how long it lasts. Sure. But if you've got a chronic degenerative condition like macular degeneration or like osteoarthritis or you've got Alzheimer's or some other form of dementia, then it's always going to come back. So you'll be on a schedule like this where you probably have um, you know, a course of you know, three treatments a week for, uh, for three weeks and then you'll come back again in six months and probably every six months for the rest of your life. That's probably Let worth me, for the price of vision. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so somebody just messaged us. What about diabetic retinopathy? Absolutely, yes. 
so we haven't done the RCTs for that yet, randomized controlled clinical trials, but we know uh, from people who've used this technology that they have treated this successfully. There is a published paper on it. I can't remember if it's a placebo-controlled trial, but there certainly have been published reports on this. There's, a, there's an underlying theme here. It seems almost as if there is tissue, especially nervous tissue, to be repaired, regenerated, or protected. Mm. Well, central nervous system disorders uh, don't heal. Right. No, don't heal very well right. with a lot of scar tissue. Well, we've had – so the one thing I wanted to get into, which I thought that uh, – I didn't want to get into it too early. And now I realize, man, this show is flying by. <laughs> Can we out of talk time, yes. on a solo level what's going on? Yes. So uh, there may be – it seems like there's probably more than one mechanism. But the mechanism we know best and the one we've got the most data on is the effect on mitochondria. And specifically, where the light gets absorbed in cytochrome C oxidase. So, for those of you, who've, I haven't studied biology, remember, or chemistry. So, I mean, I left school without. This. You haven't studied anything, but you no, know a so. lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to tell you what I've learned because you know, because I can still remember what it's like to be a layperson uh, with these things. So, you know, uh, uh, every cell in the body has uh, have these mitochondria inside, and the job of mitochondria are to make the essential cellular energy called ATP. And they do this by combining the food that we've eaten with the air that we breathe. So when we, uh, when we breathe in air, oxygen attaches to hemoglobin. Hemoglobin is carried around the body by these red blood cells, erythrocytes, and they deliver oxygen through, via the bloodstream to every single cell in the body from the tips of your toe to the top of your head. Oxygen gets its way to every cell in the body. When we eat food and we break it down into glucose and fats and get stored as glycogen, but ultimately gets passed around to every single cell in the body in the form of glucose. And glucose goes through a process and there's three main steps. There's glycolysis, where glycolysis breaks down glucose into a little bit of ATP, you get a little bit of energy from that, get two ATPs from a glucose molecule, but you also get uh, something called pyruvate. And pyruvate is then broken down further by the mitochondria. And the job of the mitochondria is, first of all, there's, there's, two, there's two games in there. There's the Krebs cycle, breaks it down to FADH and NADH. And then the electron transport chain combines FADH and NADH with oxygen to make lots of hydrogen ions that drive ATP synthase, so you make ATP. And that's my 60-second introduction to mitochondria. I love that we open the show talking about performance athletes, because that's exactly <laughs> yes. what a performance athlete uses. They use the Krebs cycle and then producing NADPH. That's correct. So, so um, that's all great when it's all working, but when we're sick and when we're injured and when we're stressed and just gradually as we get old, something goes wrong, our mitochondria start to make a molecule called nitric oxide, which you've heard of before, and most people are aware of and think of it as a good thing. But there's four different sources of nitric oxide. There's inducible nitric oxide synthase, which makes all the bad stuff. You don't want to be around that nitric oxide. There's neuronal nitric oxide, and there's uh, uh, endothelial nitric oxide, which is what most people learn about. Endothelial I'm, is the one that we always talk about. Yeah. Dilation of vessels. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, but, where, but uh, the, I'm talking about another one, which most people wouldn't have learned about, called mitochondrial nitric oxide. Okay. And it has been known to regulate the production of ATP. And what it does is it binds to the terminal enzyme of the electron transport chain, cytochrome C oxidase, and basically blocks consumption of oxygen. And it seems that under stress and hypoxia, uh, our, cell, our mitochondria make too much of this. It blocks respiration such that the, I mean, normally NADH is combined with oxygen in cytochrome C oxidase. Two electrons get handed off the end of the electron transport chain. But when it's blocked, this process stops. The electron transport chain becomes constipated, and that's when you start to make superoxide and hydrogen peroxide. These are the free radicals. Can you say that last part one more time? 
When we, so when, if, if uh, cytochrome C oxidase is blocked by nitric oxide and oxygen can't get in and it can't combine with NADH and the electrons don't get handed off the end of the electron transport chain, then your electron transport chain is now constipated. The electron flow stops. That's when you start to make superoxide and hydrogen peroxide, which are the free radicals. Which are the oxygen free radicals. Yeah, that okay. start the processes of inflammation and cell death. Fascinating. And trigger that's your genetic weaknesses. So it's, and they have an effect on if we get into gene transcription factors like NF-kappa-B, translocating to the nucleus and how that starts inflammation. But anyway, the, the, the point here is that one of the mechanisms that we know something about is how whenever we put light, and we do cell studies, and you put light on cells, and you see this flush of nitric oxide come out as it releases it from the cell, and then you get this increase in ATP and ultimately a reduction in oxidative stress, the free radicals that start inflammation and cell death. To summarize, basically what you've said is y'all have been able to demonstrate that uh, utilizing your therapy, you've been able to dis displace the nitric oxide, which is preventing our normal mitochondria, which are trying to produce energy for our cell. They've not been able to do it. And so this line is allowing that mitochondria now to work for us. Yes, it seems to restore uh, uh, mitochondrial function. So I'd have to say that uh, we need, there's, more, there's more work to be done in here and exactly understanding uh, these processes of why, why the role of nitric oxide and ROS and ATP. We know they're all joined up. We see this nitric oxide come out. We see a blip in ROS afterwards, but it comes back down below baseline in stressed inflammatory cells. This is a, and there's a lot of concepts come out for your audience then if they're not wound up and I know we've, we, just, we just lost a lot of people. No, it's well, okay. That's right, because we said at the last half hour, this is the part that I was super <laughs> excited about because we talk about this all the time. We talk about the polyphenols mm. being broken down by your own microbiome yeah. into postbiotics, which can produce things like urolithin. Urolithin is a molecule that causes mitophagy. Mitophagy is when old and sick mitochondria go, eh, I'm done. I'm just going to die. Right, And what we're talking about here is, no, they, they don't have to die. You just need to clean them out a little bit. It's like changing the air filter. Let's unblock this and let it uh, start running again. Because that's all mitochondria are. They're just powerhouses of the mm. cell. We do everything we They're do. powerhouses, but they also have a lot of important signaling qualities as well. And they are the things that, they are where your free radicals come from. For dysfunctional mitochondria is a problem. It's a powerhouse. And, but when things go wrong... Uh, they're, they're a, they cause all they're the free radicals. They're a nuisance. But you do need some ROS. We know that one of the other mechanisms, we know that ROS is important for triggering the stem cells that help regenerate our bodies and help us make new immune cells as well. Just the first half hour, we talked about this. That's what hormesis is. Mm -hmm. When you stress the body, when yes. you sauna, mm -hmm. you turn on heat shock proteins. Yes. When you fast, you do stem cell regeneration. This is the, how the body adapts. Mm -hmm. Problem is, when you have continual insult, yes. you have to have yes. a break and you yes. have to recover. Yes. And what James is referencing, in case you're wondering, when he says ROS, it's reactive oxygen species. Yes. Reactive oxygen species. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I listened to Rhonda Patrick. You know, she's uh, hopefully uh, this is the this is the kind of stuff I love to. This is what she does. She talks about biochemistry all the time. Mm. This well, is, in case my academic friends are sort of tuned in at some point to this thing, like James hasn't said this, this, and this kind of thing. There are some wavelengths which affect cell membrane permeability and ability to exchange calcium ions, and there are um, uh, there are some mechanisms we don't yet understand. 
Uh, people want to talk about other light accepting uh, molecules uh, like opsins, which more like to absorb blue wavelengths of light. And so I just want to acknowledge that there are other, other mechanisms involved and this whole stem cell triggering is not fully understood yet. There may be another mechanism in there for that. So you just explained in great detail in a fantastic quick way that could end mm. up being a whole course on itself. Mm. What's well, it going is. on? Yeah, <laughs> what's going on at a cellular level? Now let's get back to the original thing that we started to talk about, which is depth, penetration, mm. and disease. I'm, and I'm going to say a disease state. So for instance, one of the things somebody just uh, messaged me on was, if you have arthritis, let's mm. say in a joint like a wrist, mm. how many treatments, how deep, like mm. get into the science of that particular thing. So I've got, I'm a massage therapist and mm. my wrist is messed up and it's affecting my career. I'm a yeah. gastroenterologist and I've got tenosynovitis in yeah. that one joint. Yeah. And that is the most common disability that people in my field will mm. have. Well, first of all, the most exciting thing I've seen in this field, it's been demonstrated in animals in the last one clinical trial. So there's 15 at least randomized controlled clinical trials in osteoarthritis. One of them has shown by doing blood tests and by doing MRIs, they're increasing the joint space and the blood tests revealed that these patients are making more cartilage, which is remarkable. So we're getting an anti-inflammatory effect and a regenerative effect of making cartilage here, as shown in one particular study. That's what I find interesting. And, but also inflammation in some tendinopathies as well is, is going down. So I think that's the other point you're talking to. This treatment will go uh, comfortably. You can treat one, two, maybe just about get like to three centimeters to have a sufficient dose if you treat long enough. Yes, for anybody who's listening, you can get a little a few photons to four and five uh, centimeters. But something, but it does seem to work really. How does it work so well on the brain um, or any other deep target? Uh, it's because probably to do with this blood flow, and this is another mechanism. So we are releasing nitric oxide from other molecules, improving blood flow, and I think this explains a lot of the benefits which are outside of the penetration range of the light. There are these indirect effects. It makes sense, though. If you're going to increase blood flow, mm -hmm. you're going to allow in, uh, cells to produce their own energy, you're going mm -hmm. to increase healing. Mm-hmm. Because that's exactly what your, heat, what your damaged tissue is going to, going to need is more blood flow. Yeah, so there's a whole lot more going on than just depth and penetration. Because that was the thing I was wondering. When you're talking that, then we're talking about the brain. How mm. in the world are we helping depression and PTSD? And yes, I think it's, it's, there's a major component of blood flow. Nope. I'm apparently too far away from my... I, I got too comfortable. All right. <laughs> no, I'm putting you to sleep. You, no, no, no. no you, you fascinated. That's the issue. I just want to... I want to... That's what we call FCM, fire chat mode. We All didn't right. really know. Okay. Yeah. No, we, we're actually liking that, that position because your argyles are showing, but... Oh, my socks. The arm oh, swings. Sorry yes. about that. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, a couple of other avenues that I found uh, personally interesting were, uh, of course, Ken being a gastroenterologist... You y'all had some recent data on the microbiome. Oh, Just yeah. a touch on that. And the thing that I found for me, being an anesthesia provider, you've made reference to analgesic properties that y'all have utilized with that, and you even did your own tooth extraction. Yeah, well, I did pull the tooth out, but I did do my own. I did my own anesthesia, if you like, uh, with with laser light. And I'm hoping I actually pulled this to an easy to find position on my screen. I thought I got that one ready, but I left it on the other screen. That's okay. I can get there. Um, I'm, I could go yeah, back so. down to that. We have people sending us in the articles. Thank right. you very much. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah, I'm being emailed the actual articles that we're, bring, that we're bringing up. So that's awesome. So here we go. Um, let's see if I can get this thing lined up to the best position. Uh, this is my... Uh, right. So uh, I've, I had a, a root canal some years ago, which eventually failed. There was a fracture in the root, uh, and then it becomes infected, so you have to have the tooth taken out. 
uh, and I wanted to see how good the pain relief could be with this. So I treated my mouth. Let's show the demonstration first of all. This is my tooth extraction. They've this all, is yours. This my, is your my face. This is my face. Uh, you see the difference? And it's him. It's him. <laughs> and uh, they've already luxated the tooth, so that means they, you know, they get these pliers and they, and they go into the bit now where they go pull it out. Right. Okay, that's the bit. We're, we're at the last stage. It's already been loosened off, and they're going to do the pull on the on the tooth. So if you don't like dentists and blood, you better look away. Uh, so grab the, with these forceps and then pull uh, the tooth. So and under laser anesthesia. Laser anesthesia, explain yes. that, please. Right, so what we do here uh, is uh, treat uh, around the mandible. So here is the outside of the mandible, and these, I put, you probably can't see it on the TV, but the screen, it's got some exit. I've drawn a black line to represent the buckle nerve that runs down the outside of your gums, well, inside your gums, but outside of the mandible. I treated three points along there uh, for three minutes each, which is quite a long time in our field. So that's now I've spent nine minutes on that side and nine minutes on the inside. And so you did it yourself. Yes. And so well, actually, I, well, I, I practiced on myself when I went there. I had the dentist actually do it for me. A so, dentist that is trained yeah. in your in your Yeah, I know, some, I know some mad dentists who okay. will... Who will <laughs> yeah. So basically, you went to an irrational dentist to yes. pull out your tooth. Yes, exactly. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and I had the implant done as well. Uh, with anesthesia. Oh, with the post? Yeah, so then you let the mandible heal, you let the soft tissues heal, you go back a few months later, and again, cut the soft tissues. And no local? No local, drill a hole in, screw in the metal, uh, sew it all up, and um, without feeling anything. And if, for those who are reading, you can see that actually it lasted... This is insane, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. And It's fantastic. This is nuts. It is nuts. But it's awesome. Yeah, it, was, it takes longer than an anest a regular anaesthetic, though, because you're spending 20 minutes uh, treating with a laser. Yeah, now, no. maybe it'll work in less time. Maybe there's a quicker way, but I, I wasn't taking any chances. Yeah, this is, this is not to revolutionize the dentistry industry. This is just shows on yourself. Mm. You're willing to put your money where your mouth is, literally. <laughs> literally. Yes, okay. And you did that. That's yeah. Incredible! It is. I got a quick question about that. So, if I remember the conversation correctly, whenever you were describing this, you were able to maintain motor movement, correct? Yes. And so, it, by doing it didn't so, spoil motor function. It's, it, 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 that interests me in the aspect of. So, would you say that the laser is more susceptible to work on afferent nerves than efferent nerves? Maybe because of myelination. Maybe maybe you affect those. The, the, basically, afferent nerves. If you're listening, are those that carry pain sensory and whatnot back to the spinal cord mm. and the efferent nerves is how your central nervous system yep. tells your muscles to move. Yep. So the same thing happens whenever we do a, a neuromuscular blockade mm -hmm. or I do a local. Yeah. I'll be able to stop the innervation of the, mm. of the sensory mm -hmm. and then, but I know if I lose movement that I've covered everything. Yeah. So is it kind of the... Same? Yeah, I've, so usually we don't see any effect on motor function, but I know people who treat small animals, and mm -hmm. because they're smaller, uh, and if we use the same dose as we do on a human, that uh, maybe a cat has, can't really, f uh, has problem moving its legs sometime sure. after, a, you know, only for a matter of seconds, not minutes, uh, after, after an analgesic treatment to the spine. So we can overdo it on cats and small dogs. That makes sense. This, is, this makes total sense. I would love to borrow one. I've had Eric drive me to the piercing shop several times where I was going to get a belly button ring, mm. but I chicken out each time. Now yeah. I now probably... Have, now we have a laser. You have no more excuses. I have a laser. I have no more excuses. I need to <laughs> well, get so far, belly button we, ring. We've only proved anesthesia in the mouth. I oh, don't know if it, good peripheral. point. Probably shouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's out again. He has an excuse. <laughs> I have another excuse. <laughs> well, we all, uh, believe it or not, we're about to wrap up two hours. We only have just under two minutes left to go. 
every single thing that we've referenced on here, we're going to have uh, quick links. Uh, I believe this next week for all of our listeners, we'll have the new podcast format up. All the show notes will have the links back to everything that James has, has talked about in your next swim through where you come through uh, Dallas and hang out with us again. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been fun. It's incredible information. But I mean, if you were to find somebody local that mm-hmm. uh, does Thor Laser, again, just to, uh, to make them uh, aware, they could go to ThorLaser.com. ThorLaser.com for the laser medical side of things. And then the whole body treatment system is what athletes are using. And that's worth seeing as well at NovoThor.com. Man, so m- my mission... Heal the gut, protect the brain, get people to sleep, and we're going to be a healthier society. Protect the brain is so important. What's the point of doing everything that you're doing if you're depressed or if you're in pain or if you get dementia or Alzheimer's? I think all of it leads to inflammation. And what you're talking about is a decrease in cellular inflammation. This is fascinating. It is fascinating. Do do you all have, uh, you don't have to go into depth on it, but do you all have uh, high endurance athletes that you currently treat that you keep up with to see how they've been able to recover from sports injuries. I'm not following on a day to day basis, but the Nike uh, team are all mandated. The middle and long distance runs at Nike are all mandated to use our light bed at least three times a week. And that is wow. fascinating stuff. Check us out at gutcheckproject.com. You can also find at gutcheckproject.com, be directed to the store and find your own KBMD CBD as well as your own personal Autron Teal at lovemytummy.com forward slash Spoonie. Don't forget to check the show notes of this particular podcast next week where we have everything from Mr. James Carroll all the way from the UK to come and talk to us about the Thor laser. We can't bring these people in from the UK if you're not using the Spoonie code. So get on there. Lovemytummy.com forward slash Spoonie. That's right. Thank you so much for joining us today, that James. That was awesome. It's been fun. Yeah, really appreciate it. Love it. Y'all take Thank care. You so much See y'all next week. This is the only 24-hour, take-anywhere platform dedicated to food and fun. We're Spoonie. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.